Well, hello, hello. Welcome to the Pioneers Show, the show where we talk with innovators, makers, entrepreneurs, basically people who are creating their own trails and creating their own lives so that we can learn about how to work on our own lives. This is episode one, and I'm your host, Andre Dielbukerk. You can find me at It's the Andre on Twitter and Instagram, as well as the show at Pioneers Show on Twitter and Instagram as well. With us today, we have Shikil Sharma, a great guy. I had a chance to meet him while I was working at Techstars Berlin. In this conversation, we go through Shikil's experience at the university, how his startup came to be, the learnings that have come by creating his own venture, and then we actually go through a little rabbit hole of web security, digital privacy, and how we can secure ourselves in this interconnected world. Now, without any further ado, let's jump into the conversation with my man, Shikil. Welcome to the show, Shikil. How are you, man? I'm good, Andre. How are you doing today? All good, all good. People might not know, but I actually know Shikil personally, and we consider ourselves and his co-founder Ananda as the kids of 94, yes, because we're great. all three of us were born in 1994, which is interesting considering that they're both co-founders of an amazing startup. But let's not talk about myself and about our friendship. Shikil, how about you talk about a little bit about yourself? Well, it's difficult to praise yourself or sell yourself. <laughs> <laughs> Um, but hi guys, I'm Shikhil. I have a company called Astra and we make a web security super simple for business owners. So essentially, uh, we sell peace of mind to anyone who has a website. Let's go. So let's go a little bit deeper. So when did you start your company? Uh, I started this company around three years ago or so, when I was still studying in the university. So it's been quite a while and it's been a roller coaster journey. So you're, you started a company while you were still in university? Uh, yes, that's correct. Okay, can you talk a little bit more about that experience? Because that might have not been that easy. Uh, actually, I believe that starting a company when you're in university is the easiest thing. Really? Yeah, because I think that, first of all, you're studying. So you're kind of being supported by your parents. Mm-hmm. At the same time, if you're starting a company while you're graduated, that means that someone, some, I mean, maybe parents or the society expects you to have uh, some kind of job which you are doing and mm-hmm. then leave it to start the company, which means getting rid of your normal daily source of income and ditching that to start a company. But in a university, you can just start as a small project mm-hmm. have, and be flexible, try different things make all the mistakes by the time you're graduating. And once you're graduated, you've made so many mistakes that you know that what doesn't work and what works. Okay, but uh, I remember when I started my own project back in university, my main problem was not the project itself, was how did I have the flexibility to go both through college, students, classes, a ton of different things and still have enough clarity to not only run my own business, but also to be good in college. Because even though I created my own project, I, you created your own project, you still had to go through university. Were you interested, first of all, were you interested in finishing college? Uh, yes, uh, I had considered while I was early, like in the first year of my university, mm-hmm. I had thought that I had read a lot of old Steve Jobs, Mark Zuckerberg, all the big guys and thought that, whoa, 
looks like the minimum criteria to be a billionaire is to be a dropout. <laughs> <laughs> but then I got a good, good pep talk by my dad who said that, you know what, <laughs> you better complete university. And over the years, even I realized that uh, you can manage studying as well as running your own venture from the university. Mm-hmm. Even the guys who dropped out, if you see read their stories, there were different reasons why they dropped out. Either they became too big that they knew that even if they fail, they're going to like, you know, not fall at one from hundred, maybe mm-hmm. they'll fall at 50. Uh, but, but the having a college degree always goes lo- along with you. Even if you're having an investor meeting, you can say that I'm a trained computer science or a mechanical or whatever engineer okay. or a trained doctor that puts a lot of weight that this person has at least finished what he started. Because if you are going for an investment, no one wants to uh, put money on someone who actually began something but did not start finish it at the first place. So that way, uh, running university as well as uh, uh, starting the venture weren't too difficult per se. Of course, there are a few choices that you had to make, maybe a couple of parties that you had to miss from the mm-hmm. university, but that's fine. Okay, let's take a little step back. Uh, we'll go on to this road again. Where did you study? Uh, I studied in India. In India, yeah. can you tell us the name of the college? Sure, it was NIIT University. Mm-hmm. And there's this famous government-run a prestigious university uh, in India called NIT University. NIT? What N- does that stand for? Uh, National Institute of Technology. Mm-hmm. So I did not go to that university. <sighs> I went to NIIT University, but a lot of times people mistake it with what that. What does that mean? Uh, I don't know what's the full form of <laughs> NIIT, but it's by a famous entrepreneur himself uh, who ran this, who basically brought computer education to India mm-hmm. uh, in the early 80s and trained millions of people across India and developing countries like Africa on computers. And then they started their own university. So it, the, in itself, this university is projected as one of the fastest growing uh, universities of the future. Cool, yeah. cool. Um, so, and when did you start Astra? Uh, so I, I already know this story kind of less, but more or less, but let's put it this way. Was it always called Astra? Uh, no, it wasn't always called Astra. This is like... Uh, By the way, Astra, A-S-T-R-A. And if someone wants to figure out some, it's getastra.com, right? Yes, that's correct. Okay, so you were uh, saying? Yeah, so I was just saying that this is a story like when parents name their kids and after two, three years, the kid starts to go to the school <laughs> and he says that the name that you've given me, everyone teases me with that name. So then parents say, okay, fine. I don't want to put this name to you like for entire life. So that's, that's what kind of happened with us. Mm-hmm. So we started at Zar Securities, CZAR Securities. Mm-hmm. And over the couple of years, we released a product called Astra, which got good amount of traction and everyone used to get confused that are you Zar, are you Astra? So eventually started to rebrand towards Astra. So now we are Astra. Okay, so the, the thing that you started back in college was Zar Securities, but it's practically the same company, right? It's totally the same company, yeah. Okay, when did you start specifically? So you said it's three years old. Uh, you took a bachelor, I assume. Yes. Um, yeah, we talked about this. Basically, you're saying that if you took a master's, you would be getting out of the master's Right about now, probably. Yes, you asked me that, oh, have we done masters or bachelors? Mm-hmm. And I told you that if I was do- I had done masters, then that would have meant that I'm getting out of college 
right now. So in what grade, I don't know if it's grade that you call it, but when did you actually start Astro so slash Zar Securities? It, 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 the ideation started somewhere around second year of the university mm -hmm. and the company began around somewhere around third year. Mm -hmm. Initially, it was a very nascent stage. I had no clue how to uh, run a company or start a company. Uh, uh, even three, four years ago, entrepreneurship wasn't as sexy as it is right now. Mm -hmm. Uh, so initially it was more like a project under maybe let's say a couple of guys freelancing under one space, one name called Zar Securities. That was the initial thing. Uh, so yeah, to answer your questions, it was question, it was around, uh, third year of the university. Okay. And how did it start specifically? How, why did you start thinking about a security company? Because I assume that a college kid will not be fascinated about the security industry. Oh, well, uh, just what you said actually was the biggest reason why we did not get customers when we started. So, <laughs> so we used to go to these companies, uh, tell them that, you know, uh, we're going to find vulnerabilities in your website and help you fix them. And like the CTOs or the tech guys of the companies used to just laugh at us and say that uh, you do realize that you're a college kid and how can you help me? So we, ha we found an interesting solution to that problem. Uh, we hacked Yahoo, Microsoft, Adobe, AT&T, <laughs> whole lot of internet giants. In return, we uh, reported them the issues because we were the good guys. We did not want to go to jail. So we reported them and they gave us a few thousand dollars mm -hmm. in return of our efforts, which was like the bootstrap money for us. And apart from that, it got us huge amount of credibility. So the next time we went to these companies, we used to say that, you know, we've held these big guys, so we could help you too. Uh, and talking about how I got interested in security industry, because it's not a subject in a, in, in a school when you're studying before mm -hmm. college. Uh, so uh, so I, let me tell you one thing that it when, uh, when you're in 11th and 12th standard, which is like high school, what they call it here. In India, it's the 11th and the 12th standard after you are done with your till your 10th standard. Uh, that's the time where in India, everyone is studying to go in a big reputed uh, university. Mm -hmm. And during these two years, there's a huge amount of pressure on people because they, they apart from going to school, they join different coachings that, pre that pre prepare them for these exams that you have to give to enroll yourself in big universities more. Okay. Um, so, something like GRE, but the GRE is for masters, but for bachelors. Uh, so in those two years, I had a number of tuitions for various subjects that I didn't get physics, chemistry, maths. And in those two years, I did not study at all. All I did was I just was in front of my laptop. Uh, I had seen Die Hard 4 as a kid, <laughs> which was the movie on hacking. Isn't that the one that they hack? Yes. America, basically. It's yeah, the, the, the power grid and everything. Ah, uh, they use a, they, oh, what's the sentence? It's the rapture. I think that's what they call it. I guess. With so. Justin Long and Bruce Willis, of course, but Justin yeah. Long with the, the, the money, the energy, the water. Oh yes. The lights. Yeah. yeah. I, I remember that movie. The entire city or the state goes, goes down. Yes. Yeah, Washington. I think it's spent in Washington. Yeah. So, Yippee motherfucker. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So that's the movie that mm -hmm. turned out to be the, um, that that's from where the curiosity happened. Mm -hmm. And then I thought that, you know, I want to do something like that. You want to hack the United States? No, don't even put that out. <laughs> because I don't want the guys coming on 
To me, I'm the good guy. So, <laughs> just for the record. So, I I, I wanted to uh, know that how it's done because for for me it was like magic, you know. I mean, there's this tech that they've built. How can someone get into it and power of the power grid or even small stuff like hacking Facebook? I mean, as a end user, how can Facebook be hacked? You can't think of that. So having that mindset mm-hmm. and knowing that how it's done. That's all I did for those two years where I was supposed to study. I was on forums, sometimes underground forums, deep web, trying to see that how hacking is done mm-hmm. so that eventually I could secure companies. Uh, that wasn't the plan initially. Initially, the plan was to hack. So over the years, turns out that, uh, yeah. So you went from hacking to security, but the first idea was to learn how to hack. Okay, but when did you decide? So we almost everybody assumes that hacking is a bad thing, usually. There are some terms like growth hacking, they're supposed to be like body hacking, whatever you want to call it. But if you if you consider the word hacking, why did you go from the bad guys to the good guys? Assuming that the Die Hard 4 is the bad guys against Bruce Willis. But how did you make the transition mentally from going from hacking to the security part? I always had this uh, entrepreneur's mindset. Mm-hmm. Uh, even though I was studying uh, engineering and computer science, still I had always this uh, business thing going on. Uh, I, I wasn't some whiz kid who was selling lemonade for free, not nothing of like that sort. Selling for free, it's a weird thing, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, this comes from a story from behind. But yeah, so... I, I wasn't, uh, so I had, I always had this business inclination towards mm-hmm. stuff. And I thought that since this hacking is a skill that I've learned, and if I go in that direction where I'm only hacking and not securing anyone, then eventual turnout would be a jail. So it would be a good jail if it's <laughs> somewhere in Europe. Mm-hmm. It will be a bad jail if it's somewhere in Asia. Or it'll be a crazy jail if it's in US, but eventually you're gonna end up there because hacking is clearly illegal. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, so that's how the idea came that- So it was a business decision to not pursue <laughs> hacking? A business slash personal decision because of fear of getting arrested. Yes, and that's the kind of fear that I believe everyone should have. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, it, and apart from that, a few incidents like, when I was studying in the college, mm-hmm. uh, we have these festivals, college festivals that college fests, we call them, where there's a band coming in performing, there are stalls and so on and so forth. So there, one of the first initial quick business ideas that I executed was back then, uh, where I said that, you know what, I'm going to make money like that. The fest was starting at this, let's say 11th of that month. Mm-hmm. One week ago, I decided that, you know what, I'm going to make money out of uh, this fest somehow because as such, uh, there was a lot of voluntary stuff going on that if you want to be a, a volunteer in, I don't know, fashion show component or a, which a lot of guys took, of course, but, or if you want to do uh, uh, some other voluntary work, I, I I didn't like that. I said that let's make money out of the stuff. So I, I did this interesting thing where I started this stall or a shop, small shop called Social Connect, where we where we said that college students would 
pass by that stall come in there and they'll all they have to do is we we put a lot of props in there props like let's say wigs mustaches stuff like the instagram poster mm-hmm. where people can put pictures of and people of course get attracted to them and they want to click pictures using such props so all we did was we said that okay great put uh, click pictures uh, using these props all you have to do is after you click pictures you're doing this for social media so while you post this on social media or facebook or instagram just use these two hashtags and tag these couple of pages so these couple of pages were the sponsors that we had taken uh for for uh, to support this thing Smart. and in the background of these pictures we had this huge banner which had logos of these sponsors this way they got the sponsors got four times more reach than a normal facebook ad campaign and these were real people not some bots liking your page highly targeted and their products were also on the display which they could use so this way in one week we made a few thousand whatever uh, uh, money that we did one week of growth hacking and uh, starting this small venture so a number of things i used to do uh, back then that i realized that you know business is something that uh, somewhat comes naturally so and hacking was an acquired skill which and i thought that why not combine both these uh, both of these things interesting um okay one last step back because you said uh, like a few minutes ago that ha- entrepreneurship when you started was still not sexy mm-hmm. in the worldwide knowledge and still in india i assume as a conservative country it was not very sexy still how did your parents handle or how did you handle the family probably looking down to you on this kid is starting something what the fuck <laughs> uh yeah so uh, they disowned me for two months <laughs> i'm really? just joking ah, okay <laughs> <laughs> no so uh, i've been fortunate enough on that sense because my dad uh, has his own business and uh since i was a kid i was told that just grow up to be a good person and do whatever you feel is good and you feel that interests you so that way i've been really fortunate because uh a lot of time indian parents are uh, stereotype to say that they that they always force their kids to be either become an engineer only or big work for a big corporate or a doctor or doctors yeah i mean i was talking to a friend last week who said that like 80% of the dentists in the US are Indians. Really? Yeah. So okay, is that just an exaggeration like purposely or is it true? I don't know, but he was mentioning me that like he went Probably to, was not purposely. I, I think it, it it's it could be an exaggeration, but a huge chunk of doctors are Indians. So Indian/Chinese in in the US. Cool. So uh had I taken that path, I would have been a very bad doctor. So I'm glad I did not do that. Uh so that way I uh, my parents have been really uh, supportive on that front. So I think that's where a bit of a luck takes charge and uh, so, uh the good thing that happened was that since I was still in the university mm-hmm. there wasn't too much pressure. So if I if I was like four years out of university and then saying that I'm going to start up and get rid of my regular source of income then they would have said that you know what you're a bit crazy. But Uh, and back then i had done these 
hacks with Yahoo, Microsoft that they saw that, okay, fine. Uh, and these guys had paid uh, some amount as a bounty. So then I saw, then they realized that, okay, fine, whatever he's doing. It's making he, money. So it's, it's making money and he's not getting arrested. So he's good. We, you talked about the big players, the big guys that you hacked. You said that you used that information to get credibility with other companies. Mm -hmm. Did you hack other companies in order to get them as clients as well? Um, no. Initially, that was the that was the natural way of doing stuff mm -hmm. because that's something that worked in the past. But we can't get hundred clients by hacking five hundred people, and then out of them, hundred would say that okay, fine, you've hacked me, so become I'll I'll become your customers. That's that's essentially like a bit like blackmailing them mm -hmm. that I've hacked you, and now you gotta take my services. So that wasn't the route we wanted to go. So initially I was so silly that uh, uh, I did not know how to do marketing or I did not even know how to automate marketing or send mass emails. So I'll tell you how I got my first customer. Uh, I, with the Yahoo and XYZ things, it just made life a little easier. I, I, I went to, I wasn't close to, I was on the outskirts of Delhi back then mm -hmm. in my university. So I went on Google Maps and searched for tech companies who had a website uh, around Delhi region in on Google Maps. And on Google Maps, you get this inform, uh, business information. <clears throat> and from there, I scraped their general email IDs, which are like info at blah, blah, blah.com or contact at blah.com. I copy pasted each email every time to this individual email ID and send them. So, I manually sent first couple of hundred emails after scraping the data manually from Google Maps to each of these companies. Hardly anyone replied, but one fine day, this one person replies mm -hmm. with who has this local e-commerce website says saying that he wants this security scan that we are offering him. We do a security scan. And then I saw that, okay, fine. This is my first customer. Let's just see that what he has to say about my services, reviews. So I went to all the way to Delhi to meet that person. And he's, uh, and, and, and he was a bit elder guy. So I automatically saw him as this experienced person who's been running his company. And I asked him that, what, what are his thoughts on what I'm doing and uh, what advice would he give to make the services better? And the advice I got from my first customer was that, uh, your business is not going to work. <laughs> yeah. So, and I was disheartened the first customer saying that the business is not going to work. And even though he has paid me. So it turns out that he was running this development agency mm -hmm. where he was saying that I'm developing websites for a couple of hundred dollars. How do you think that you're going to make money by securing these websites? Because if someone gets hacked, they're going to like, spend a couple of hundred dollars and get the website made again. So you don't want to hear that from your first customer, especially when you're a college kid. Is it supposed to be the business model? Is it supposed to be like a one-time payment or is it like in the SaaS business, a software as a service? Sure. So back then it was more like a services model where we did one-time security scan. But of course, eventually we automated the scanning part and made it a SaaS thing also mm -hmm. and did a more regular monthly based scanning. But Astra is a web application firewall. So it's it's different from ZAR, what ZAR was doing initially. Astra is a plug and play security suite for 
uh, websites which are running CMSs like WordPress, OpenCart, Magento, so on and so forth. So Astra is a complete SaaS suite. Okay, another curiosity. Yeah. If I had taken computer science and I had I known how to hack, probably I would have hacked multiple things. Mm-hmm. I probably would have tried to hack my college. I probably would have ha- tried to hack computers. I don't know, to hack cell phones. I, I would have tried to hack everything. Did you ever get the urge of hacking a college or a com- other person's computer just for the fun of it? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> the reluctancy to say something. Yes. I, I did not know what to say, but then I thought that, let's be honest. So yes, I, I've, uh, so I and my co-founder met in college and after we met, we literally went on this hacking marathon. <laughs> we, <laughs> apart from hacking the giants to even one of the government websites in India, Ooh. which we reported to them. And they even, it was rather than government, it was like a, a army website. So we told them that we had found this vulnerability and they even uh, came back to us and thanked us for the effort. Uh, and they didn't thank you? They, they thanked us. Ah, okay, yes, they okay. very much did. Uh, which, and from that, the next part came uh, hacking the university because <laughs> that's, that's, that's the obvious one. Because, and uh, clearly each university in India has some kind of restrictions in terms of what sites you can watch, uh, what's the content you can see. A lot of times Netflix isn't available. So we said that, fine, let's take the challenge. Um, so you decided to hack college. No, no, hack your college, not hack college like in oh. Learn how to finish your course in two days. No, it's you hacked your college. Yes, quite literally. How? What did you do? Uh, there were a lot of things. Uh, it started by hacking the Wi-Fi. Okay. Because nice. that's from where everything starts because there are multiple Wi-Fi channels. Mm-hmm. One's the web channel that is used by the students. One channel is used by the faculty. Mm. One channel is used by the guests who come to the college. Didn't know that. Yeah. And the channel that gets the maximum bandwidth, we preferred using that. So we hacked our way to use that. Post that, our college is like a really advanced college and it's a very tech-driven university. Everything happens online. So right from our exams, a lot of them, to our grading, to our courseware, everything was online, which like our territory. <laughs> so we pretty much hacked everything. There was a exam grading system to, uh, we could like make anyone uh, a 10-pointer overnight. So uh, the good part is that we reported everything to our university mm-hmm. and they were kind enough to fix not expel those, you, not expel us, fix them and rather help us in building our venture. One of the founders of our university really helped us in getting our initial clients and references. And just after we graduated from our university, our university became a client. So that was something. Very, very interesting. Honestly, I don't think I would be that good a person. I would just try and go through <laughs> straight A's, straight 20s. In Portugal, it's, it's zero to 20. Okay. I would go from zero, at least 18, just to go. I'm not 20, like, oh, this not, is impossible. Not to attract the... Yeah, 17, <laughs> a, a 10 over there, just so that, I don't know. 
And what has been since you've talked about that when you started, you had no marketing knowledge. Yeah. How have you been? I assume now you have a lot of marketing knowledge. I hope. <laughs> so how has been, what's been the main uh, lead generator? How do you get the most clients nowadays? Um, two sides of business. One is the services style, still the SaaS, the, the services as a SaaS kind of a thing where we are doing security testing and helping businesses secure their websites. That business, uh, we do some really amazing security testing and that really works through references because a happy customer is the best marketer that you can ever hire. Uh, apart from that, uh, inbound marketing has really worked wonders for our SaaS solution, Astra. So uh, uh, we produce a lot of amazing content on our blog, write a lot of uh, uh, about malware, latest security trends, mm -hmm. and we get a lot of inbound leads for our uh, product uh, through our website. So that has been a great challenge. Uh, we, we are believers of growth hacking and uh, being lean when it comes to marketing. So even acquiring our initial customer for our product Astra, we did some crazy growth hacks like, uh, we we spotted this interesting trend that whenever a medium-sized business gets hacked or medium to big-sized business gets hacked who has a Twitter following, the first thing they do is go to their Twitter or their Facebook and tell their customers that, you know, we've been hacked, we'll be back soon and we are communicating uh, with our tech team and we are going to tell you what happened and where your data went. Any mm -hmm. responsible company does that. And we realized that Every day, there are certain set of companies who are doing that. So we wrote a quick Twitter bot, which scanned the tweets all over. And any tweet that had hacked website and a couple of other terms, mm -hmm. uh, we used to engage to that tweet automatically. We used to reply to that tweet saying that, hey, if your website is hacked, we could help you or you should check Astra. And that's how we got our initial set of customers because these were customers who were very much in need of uh, 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 what we were doing and we helped them. So we've been uh, since then pulling a lot of growth hacks and in non-marketing stuff. Uh, and that's that's the best way to actually uh, get initial set of customers. Uh, yeah. So you're talking about not only tech, very I assume very hard tech in terms of uh, hacking, and we're now talking about a little bit, a little bit more about inbound marketing. So let's assume I am a college kid, uh, just in the middle of college or a business person that wants to quit and start a own business or bootstrap something on the side. What, imagine that I'm going for the inbound marketing first. Is there any tool, book, blog, uh, something that you would recommend someone to learn on the side to, to be a little bit more involved with the inbound marketing community? Let's put it this way. Oh, uh, sure. So I just have one word when it comes to inbound marketing. HubSpot. Exactly. <laughs> because they're the people who coined the term. So Hubs HubSpot has an amazing academy. Mm -hmm. I actually learned inbound marketing and a lot of inbound stuff myself first. And then uh, just a few weeks ago, rather, I went to the HubSpot academy and saw that what they are teaching. And what they had taught was essentially the same stuff that I had learned from anywhere on the internet. That it took you probably three years to learn. You yeah. could have taken, uh, is there any book that you recommend maybe in terms of inbound marketing? I, I know that the, I think the guy, the founders wrote a book called inbound. So I, 
Yes, I, I think they have. Uh, but in terms of book uh, books, I'm I try to read whenever I can, and I have this. Um, I'm a curious person towards customer psychology. I read. I like to learn a lot about how customers think, and most importantly, uh, customer psychology has been a lot exploited in the physical world. Mm-hmm. but how it is ex- being exploited uh, or ex- exploited is the wrong word or maybe how it is being utilized mm-hmm. on in the in the online world is absolutely interesting to see so there are a couple of books that i read before we launched our website uh, the books were hooked oh yeah i know yeah, i know and, that i know and the other one was evil by design evil by design yes so it talks about various uh, tools and various services which we use on daily basis which are made evil by design they are necessarily evil but they are made in a way that they influence your decision without you knowing it hmm interesting and in terms of the hacking books websites any i won't say tool any place where someone wants to learn a little bit more about not only hacking but security as well because i i think i think that privacy and security right now in this specific moment in time with all the Facebook thing, everything that's happening, a lot of people want to learn a little bit more, not only about privacy, but security. But let's put it in terms of hacking and security. Where can someone learn a little bit more about hacking? And I assume not only maybe tech hacking, but social hacking, I think you know, but how can you not only learn about social hacking and hacking, but also security? Where would you go? Where would you, if someone said, I want to learn about more about that, where would you direct them? Sure. Uh, so, uh, first of all, for uh, the basic knowledge, I believe everyone should have. Uh, even our YouTube channel has a set of plain and simple four videos, which are under five minutes. So YouTube uh, get Astra as well. Uh, YouTube forward slash it's Astra Bizarre Securities. Astra Bizarre Securities. Yes. So that channel has just four videos. We just talk about how can a person can secure their Wi-Fi, their mobile network, their website, and in general security. The target audience of this uh, these videos isn't someone who understands tech. If if you do not understand tech, let's say ideally, what uh, I had made that video, those set of videos for my parents. Those were the target audience because they aren't too tech savvy, but at the same time they are users of Facebook and websites and. I believe uh, that target audience gets hacked the most. So that videos, the short videos are made with those, uh, uh, keeping in mind with that audience. Apart from that, if you want to learn hacking, hacking in tech perspective, a lot of forums like hack forums and a couple of underground forums are available. You have to search your way through it. A number of courses like um, there's a CEH, Certified Ethical Hacker course. Mm-hmm. If you just start planning to get started or gain some basic knowledge, that works well for basics. You you uh, because even in hacking, there's Wi-Fi hacking, mobile hacking, and then there's web hacking. Mm-hmm. So you, f- the, taking basic courses or even some free courses from Udemy, you would get to know that where your inclination is. So that that shall be a good start, I believe. Okay, now we're going on further to some more. Ha- maybe rapid fire questions, but not necessarily just now the rapid fire, but more close-minded questions. So uh, 
what has been the most difficult thing about creating a business and running it since you started? What has been the most difficult skill that you've had to learn? Let's put it this way. I would say building a team. That is one thing that clearly defines where your company is going. And uh, me and my co-founder Anand are very much fans of this WhatsApp model of business where you're a bunch of a couple of dozen or three to four dozen guys having this huge impact rather than being a 500 people company still having a huge impact but the 500 people company is not something that I that resonates with me I, I'd rather I was just telling a friend a few minutes earlier that I'd rather have uh, when a company exits or whenever a company goes public I'd rather have the 50 or 100 solid people become millionaires rather than a thousand people who I do not know by name earning a little more money than they usually did. So that's my vision for the company and getting those people on board and sharing your vision with them and having on the same, having the same mindset as the founders mm -hmm. is all that defines where your business is going to run and how your business would be uh, perceived by the world. So I believe a uh, team has been a huge uh, learning experience for me. Uh, full time, how many people are at Astro? So now we are eight people working full time. So it's you uh, and Ananda uh, as co-founders and then you have other six in India, I assume? Yes, yes. All engineers? Apart from a couple of them, yes. Okay. Uh, and and since it's a tech product, uh, we mm -hmm. sometimes uh, prefer even engineers doing marketing. One question. So basically, we're now we're having this interview face to face in Berlin. Mm -hmm. I know that you previously were in France, Paris. Yes. How did you come? How how the hell did you get here? Uh, so it was just windy one day in Paris. <laughs> <laughs> no, how, for, let's put. How did you first get to Paris? And when did you get to Berlin here at Textiles Berlin? Oh, wow. Getting to Paris was a, uh, let's just say it was a quick, it happened so quick that I, I didn't even realize that I was in Paris. Uh, there was this program run by French government called the French Tech Ticket Program. Mm -hmm. uh, among a couple of thousand applicants, we turned out to be one of the winners under which we got a 57,000 euro grant by French, a French government to run our, expand our business in Europe. La French web, right? Yeah, La French. So that all happened within one month. So like, let's say in December, we were in India and in January, we were in France and clicking a selfie with Mr. Holland, who's, who was the president back then. So it happened real quick. Uh, and our time in Paris was amazing. It's a beautiful city. And the French Tech Ticket program is a great program to be a part of. Uh, and uh, we were in scaling mode. That's when we came across Techstars. Mm -hmm. uh, Techstars is, I don't think I need to tell anyone what Techstars is. Uh, we applied for Techstars and... Uh, and the program was starting back in Paris as well. Pro, yeah, program was, it, actually the program had started in Paris. Mm. We missed that. We saw that let's not uh, miss those few months that uh, are between the next program of mm -hmm. Paris. 
So we thought that it's better to go to Berlin and apply in Berlin. A number of rounds with uh, people here at Techstars and we were in Berlin. So it's been quite a quite a roller coaster. Um, so the, the, the French tech ticket, that's, that's the name, right? Correct. Is that just for Indian companies or is that a worldwide competition? It's or is that specifically, you have the French tech India, you have the French tech China and Portugal and whatever? Uh, French tech, you they have offices in China and a number of countries, mm -hmm. but this program is for worldwide audience. Okay, whoa. Yeah, nice. so it's it's a pretty- Congratulations. Thank you, thanks you. Uh, so you got, you won what, so is it a grant for 57,000 euros? Yes. And what else? Is it uh, incubation? Is it uh, help in uh, relocating? What what? Uh, they support you in relocating. They give you a four-year Schengen visa, which you can very much utilize for expanding your business. And they're very open on uh, renewing that visa for you. Apart from that, uh, you get incubated at one of the incubators there. In For how long? For what complete one year. Nice. So that's a great, uh, great um, support that you get from that incubator also. So basically for someone who might want to apply, it's one year incubating, incubation for free. They help you with uh, relocating from whatever you are. They give you a four year Schengen visa, yeah. which is incredible. Um, what else are we talking about? So is there a caveat? So do you need to then base your company out of France? No, there's no, I mean, it's not, they completely leave it up to you. Ideally, of course, they would want uh, entrepreneurs to set up their companies in France, mm -hmm. but it's not that it's enforced on you. Okay. Um, so going back to to the, the, the more closed-minded question, because now we tripped a little bit. If you were not doing Astra, ideally, what do you think you would be doing? I don't know. I could be selling veggies on the street someplace in India. <laughs> <laughs> um, that's a difficult question. Um, I, I would be doing some other venture. I, I I remember back in when I was studying in university. So once you have your business running, I realized that you s somehow start thinking on operations of running that business and new ideas start to come less. But while I was in that initial phase, while Zar was very much starting or it hadn't even started, used to get a new idea almost every day. And I've seen a couple of those ideas actually turn into big successful companies. I mean, ideas are everywhere, but I'm very sure that I would have been uh, doing some kind of other venture. I, ha I have this uh, thing of combining uh, spirituality and karma into a venture. Maybe that is something that I want to do. I, I might end up doing uh, after Astra, mm -hmm. but uh, I have that inclina crazy ideas that I keep on getting around that space these days. Are there many publicly traded security companies? Uh, yes, there are. And rather, uh, even a couple of weeks ago, there's a company called Zscaler, mm -hmm. which did its IPO in, in, in the US. Really? So, yes. So there are, uh, this year, uh, a good number of companies have gone to US's, uh, they've done their uh, US IPO even this year. So Didn't know that. So oh, basically, what are the biggest ones? So you have McAfee, is it public? Uh, McAfee, I guess, yeah, it's, it's public. And then uh, 
so to say even microsoft is in security space i mean the big guys are always in security space there you got norton uh, the the all the antiviruses you can think of mm-hmm. are essentially the security companies which started in 90s or 2000s mm-hmm. and because of the enormous success are either publicly traded companies or hugely i mean doing very uh, good very good yeah we're imagine that we're now seeing the video if i want to protect myself right now the most what should i do get a vpn or is there anything that i can do that i can protect myself right away someone who's listening to this podcast on the way to somewhere what's the first thing they should do when it, when they get home aside from watching your videos of course <laughs> sure i'm not promoting myself here at all so the first thing first would be your emails your dropbox your box account your facebook your linkedin whatever wherever you keep your personal data please have two step authentication enabled because a lot of times uh, even giants like these get compromised mm-hmm. and if you see on the dark web one email and one password are sold at like as low as $1 so you don't want to be where that your person Wait, can you repeat that <laughs> one email with its password like a gmail is so sometimes sold as low as $1 uh, so you don't want to be in that space so first of all have a two step authentication enabled even if your passwords do get compromised you have a two step authentication which is there to protect your ass uh, by email by sending you a text or recovery uh, email yeah. well, I, i don't know about you guys but i didn't know about this and i'm definitely going to put two step authentication on everything yes whoa that is scary it's a scary Shh. world yeah okay damn okay you got me i don't know whoa okay fire on so basically i'll ask you a question and you can you have to answer me in one minute okay one minute sounds about right What's the best book you've ever read and why? Uh it's the autobiography of a yogi. Who, sorry? The autobiography of a yogi. Why? Uh because it talks about uh, it's a uh, from the name it's a spiritual book. Mm-hmm. Uh it just makes you feel that all your day-to-day problems that you worry about for that you've been worrying about till now in your life and what you worry about in future are so insignificant and there is so little about life that we as humans know okay i'll have to add that to my to my library um what's your favorite tool or the tool you the thing you wouldn't be able to live without today uh has to be my google calendar google calendar yeah because Uh, I have this thing of trying to be in the moment mm-hmm. and when you're doing that you a lot of times forget that there are places you need to be so google calendar helps me in snoozing and without an assistant it's the best assistant you could have nice tell me something you changed your opinion within the last six months okay oh uh, i'm a flexible person that way i i'm very open on changing my opinions uh uh This is something that I would like to tell to everyone that mm-hmm. uh when I read uh 
Mr. Isaacson's uh, biography of Steve Jobs. And this was ba- back three, four years when I was still in the in college. college. Uh, and when you see Elon Musk, Mark Zuckerberg, Jack Dorsey, well, the big guys, you have this thing of trying to follow their footsteps. It happens almost subconsciously. Uh, even I've gone through that cycle. But then over the last six months or so, or even way before that, I've started to realize that everyone has their own cycle. It depends on what you are wanting from your life. Because either you could like, uh, everyone, I believe that everyone has their own time zone that they live in. Mm-hmm. So Andres time zone is your time zone. So if you could, uh, if someone is being a millionaire at your age, I don't know, he could die at 60. You could, <laughs> you could, you could start your venture when you're 50, just like the guy who sta- started KFC did. Mm-hmm. But in the next 15 years, you could be a millionaire or even a billionaire. So everyone has their own uh, time zone or their, on the time cycle that they run by. And we should stop comparing ourselves with others. That's the best thing you could do to yourself and just focus on how you could extract the most out of today. If you had to start today from scratch, where would you focus? Uh, In terms of the business, right? Whatever. If you started today from scratch, what would you be focusing on? Not going on that uh, cycle that every engineer goes on to where he has to make the perfect product. I would rather start selling it way earlier than I actually started to do that. Okay. And as a parting piece of guidance, by the way, thank you very much for, for being on, here on the show. It's a great interview. Um, I really appreciate you p- taking the time. What's the best advice you've ever gotten? Keep, think, keep things simple. Uh, everything keep it just, simple, stupid, right? Yeah, keep things simple and everything just flows in, into its place eventually. Fantastic. If someone from the audience would ever want to talk with you or know a little bit more about you, where can they find you? Uh, you can find me on Twitter. You, uh, it's uh, twitter.com slash Sharma. Can you and spell that? S-H-I-K-H-I-L-S-H-A-R-M-A. It's better with Facebook. It's fb.com forward slash S-H-I-K-H-I-L. Shikhil. FB.com slash Shikil or Twitter.com slash Shikil Sharma. That's correct. Thank you very much for staying here on the show. Have a great time. Thank you so much for plugging into this conversation. I really had a great time and I hope you had too. It's a great honor to have you listen to this new podcast. And I hope that if you have any question or anything that I can help you with, feel free to reach out on social media. Once again, at It's DeAndre on Twitter and Instagram or at Pioneers Show or on the website www.pioneersshow.com. This is Pioneers with P-I-O-N-E-E-R-S-S-H-O-W.com. That's both for the website and for the social media handles. Any information that you might have missed, I will probably link it up on the show notes. If you enjoyed this conversation, consider subscribing to make sure that this podcast grows so we can get more people and help everyone be the pioneers of their own lives and careers. If you enjoyed this conversation, let me know. Once again, it was really, really a great pleasure having you over there. Have a great time. Talk to you later.